Hey guys, Evolution Network. Way. This is number 313 Q&A episode. We have five awesome topics ahead. We're going to be really fun on this one. Steve Smee here and Rick in the house. How's it going? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? All right, guys. So <clears throat> this is going to be a fun one. The first one is the morality of buying HGH from an HIV positive person. This is, uh, was a question on the forum. And a guy really was uh, conflicted on this. And I was kind of surprised by the responses on the forum. So basically, this guy has a buddy of his. He's a crack addict, heroin, whatever. He got HIV from heroin, injecting, sharing needles. That's, um, that's a common thing that happens. And basically, the buddy gets you know, a government dole. He's on the government dole. And he gets, because he's HIV positive, he gets some some HGH every month. <clears throat> and basically what happens a lot with these HIV patients, what they'll do is they'll take the HGH that they're given for free from the government and then they'll sell them to someone else, makes money off of it, and then buy drugs. So this guy's in a little bit of a moral dilemma here. And he wants to know what everyone's opinion is if he was to buy that HGH from his heroin addicted buddy and uh, give his buddy cash and use that HGH because the uh, HIV positive person needs the HGH to help them with muscle wasting and stuff. So I'm bringing Rick on this one. I'm here. Yeah, internet's a little laggy, so it's a, a little bit uh, tough to hear you back. Um, that's a tough one. You know, I'm a free market guy and you know I'm all about personal rights. And this should be the right of uh, two individuals to do whatever they want uh, as far as commerce goes. Um, but, I mean, it is illegal. Uh, moral dilemma. I don't know if, if there is much one. I haven't been faced with this situation. Uh, I don't really know what I would do in the face of it. One thing's for sure, if he's getting it from the gov, it's about as legit human-grade growth hormone you're ever going to get. I mean, that is... That's a find. You know, you, you get in USA certified human growth hormone. Nothing better than that. But you are buying it from someone that should be using it. You know, he should be using it. Uh, look, if the guy was at least taking some Anavar or Anadrol or one of these other drugs um, to help him with muscle wasting and stuff, I mean, it's still a tough one, man, because he needs it. I'm going to vote neutral on this one and just say whatever you guys want to do. I haven't been faced with it. I'd have to know the person and, and know what, what the real deal is. Uh, chances are, if he's, a, if, he's a, if he's a drug addict, he might be using this money for drugs or maybe he just needs the money to live on. That has a lot to do with it. I can't provide a real answer, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough one, dude. It's a really, really hard one to, to give a good answer for. Look, I'm, I'm all about liber personal liberties and, and people being able to do what they want, so... I'm probably going to lean on that side of just let individuals do whatever they, they want to do. So my opinion is that this guy is a drug addict and he has HIV and stuff. <clears throat> um, you're actually basically helping him dig his own grave by accepting, you know, um, accepting the HGH from him, if he's still using, giving yeah. him money. If he's still using drugs for sure. So for me, at the end of the day, you can, you can find legit HGH on your own. You don't have to go through him. And you can probably, you can actually find HGH cheaper. 
you, on, you on know, own, these, you, you, you barely ever run across black market U.S. certified human growth hormone. I mean, this case where somebody has a script to get real American bona fide growth hormone and they are going to uh, pass it down and let you buy it off of them. This is this is pretty rare. You, you don't you don't come across this a lot. Have you? Um, I mean, yeah, I know, I know where to get it. I know where to get it. I mean, it can and, and be you, done. You'd have to, and, and the yeah. amount that they, the, the amount that they get, you probably have to buy three, four months off of them to run a really good, really decent cycle because they're they're not getting uh, much per day either. Yeah, I mean, I understand, but you know, that's that's fine. That's all fine and dandy. But my my issue is, you're helping dig this guy's grave. Um, if you're his friend. You should be helping him. You should be encouraging him to use the ACH so he prevents that muscle wasting so he doesn't just waste away. Um, you start taking the ACH and giving him cash, then he goes and uses that cash on drugs. You're, you're helping him dig his own grave. I, I just, to me, that doesn't make any sense because this guy's going to, if this guy wastes away, continues using drugs, and just dies then you're going to have his death on your conscience. He's your friend here. You know, he's your friend. So I would, you know what? I wouldn't do it. I would be like, look, you know, dude, you got to come off. You got to come off the drugs. You got to get help. You got to go to rehab. You need that. You need to keep that HGH. Um, you know, maybe sell a little bit of it, you know, if you need some cash right now. But don't, you know, you got to use it. The, it's, got, it's prescribed to you as an HIV patient for a reason. And if you don't use it, you're just going to waste away to nothing. And um, I've seen guys go from 250 pounds to 140 pounds. And I know you have too, Rick. I know you used to work with a guy who was like that. And, um, you know, it's not – addictions are something that are very – I don't like to blame the victim when it comes to addiction. It's so easy to just point the finger and blame the victim, but you should be blaming the person who first let them use an extremely addictive substance in the first place. That should be the person that you attack, not the actual victim. So, you know, my opinion is, listen, you know, you've got to, you've got to just, help the person you got to help the person and not help yourself in this situation because you're just going to have a guilty conscience over just some hgh i mean we're talking hgh here i mean it's kind of silly just to kill your friend over some hgh so i wouldn't want i don't i wouldn't do it i would yeah, be helping him i personally wouldn't do it but if i uh knew two people across the street doing it i wouldn't think anything bad of either one of them see i personally wouldn't do it either because you know when somebody has a real drug problem like that and they're unwilling to to get help and get on the on the road um i'm be the nowadays now with my experience i'm the first one to go because i've been there before where i i put everything down and stop, stopped everything i was doing to help somebody who was addicted to drugs and, and wouldn't wouldn't stop and i put all my energy into trying to get this person to recover i mean full on like i was there and I, you know i moved over to their vicinity for a while and, and really tried and it was just impossible. So when I see somebody on, on drugs nowadays, um, they're, they're out of my life pretty quickly because I just know what that experience is like. So I, if I see people across the street doing it, I'm fine, whatever. They want to sell uh, their meds to each other as their problem. I personally wouldn't do it. I probably wouldn't be in a financial uh, uh, 
a relationship of any kind with someone who's got a drug problem, no matter how good friends of mine they are. And they probably get like one, maybe two talkings to like that, the way Steve just described. Uh, don't get a, a third or a fourth talking to about this because I'm, I just don't, I refuse to surround myself with, with, with people, uh, with people that are like that. So, and also you're breaking the law buying shades from him. We do, that with, we do that with steroids yeah. now. We do that with steroids now. I mean, that part. No, no, I'm saying you're buying, so you're buying, there's a difference between buying well, you're making a yourself, person. Yeah, you, you, you're having, you're having a financial transaction with someone that's also on the street buying drugs. You're making yourself hot. You know, that's what I'm saying, yeah. If this guy was like a sober, you in. if he was like a sober dealer from a gym, just a big muscle head, he'd, yeah. But if this guy is drug addict, HIV positive, all these things, um, you're, you're, you know, you're close. You're just, uh, you're not that far from getting set up for something stupid for him to get out of trouble of something. You know, it, it does happen. I've learned over the years, I'm a really nice guy. I've learned over the years just to say no. You know, if someone offers me that type of transaction, even if it's for half the price or a quarter of the price of what the ACH is going to sell for, let's say it's a thousand dollars worth of ACH, they want to sell it to me for two fifty. No, just simple no. I mean, I, I you know, it's just sometimes if, you have to just say no. Shit. So, uh, what do we got? Next one, guys, bulking with steroids before reporting to prison. This guy, speaking of the last topic. This is, this is a guy, he's about to check into the, to the clink, and he wants to know what kind of steroids he should be using before he checks in because he wants to go in there and he wants to kick some ass as soon as he walks in there. So, you know, um, you know the, the thing about prison, guys, you walk in there, you're, you're in a maximum security prison. You walk, as soon as you walk in there, you know, you're either going to be prey or predator. They're going to be sizing you up. If they think that they can – they can, uh, that you're a prey, they're going to make you into their bitch. You know what I'm saying? You're, they're going to make you into, into their bitch. And you're going to have to hook, hook, up, hook them up with sexual favors. And they're going to protect bro. you. What, what were you in? What the, what the fuck? How many years did you do, Steve? You sound like you got experience. You got, you got experience down there in those Colombian prisons. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we need to listen, listen listen. the podcast and get to get the show going, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say that you never lose it, you know, when you when you're done prison. That all that tension builds up in the shoulders. You know that, right? Right, right. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, what do you think? Uh, getting getting big on steroids to go into prison. You think is a good idea, what or not, I, Steve? What, what, what would you do? Steve? I would be I would be all over trend. I would be, I would be like loading up on the trend. I'd be running 500 milligrams a week of trend ahead of prison. That's going to make you strong. That's going to make you big. Long ester trend, trend and anthate. This way, when you go in, it's still going to be in your system for four or five more weeks. I'll be loading up. And the day before you check in, I'd be injecting, dude. I'd inject one, two, three, four, four spots all over my body with some trend. This way, it's still in my body when, um, when I check in and this way, when you go in, you're, you're hard, you're confident. They know not to fuck with you and you can at least uh, get, get it in there. You know what I'm saying? And then maybe you can get, you know, someone, your girl or your boy could sneak some in, you know, while you're in there, you can, you could throw the, the, the guard there, some cash. He can, he can bring you in some too. 
So that's what I'd be doing. I'd be all over the trend, bro. The trend is 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 awesome for that. And then some long ester steroid. Or some long, 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 really long ester steroid. Maybe sustenin. Maybe um, get some uh, testosterone decanate. Really, really long ester of uh, steroids that will be in your system good month or two after you inject. What do you think? All right. So obviously never been myself, but given some thought here while uh, I was listening to you, I would not use steroids going into a prison. I, I would not want to be in there uh, going through like post-cycle and maybe going through some, some, some endocrine situation. And I don't, I can't get my hands on meds to get myself right. And also, how much time do I have? I mean, would I have a month to, to, to report in? Two months? Three months? Are we mid-case? And, and my lawyer already told me, like, hey, you're, you're going to get sentenced. You know, get your shit together. We got, we got two more months. I mean, what is the situation? How much time do I have? I wouldn't. I, I'd go on testosterone boosters, body cleansers, just anything to get my body ready. I make sure to get all my dental work done, all my dental work done out of the way. Yoga, stretching, Pilates, anything to get you into a sustainable mode. You know, steroids and steroid use, it's not something you can just walk away from overnight. You have to cycle off. Even after you cycle off, months and months later, you might have a, a low, a drop. And then you'll have to run into guys. I did a cycle a year ago, PCT properly, went to the doctor. My, my levels are low and I'm 25. You got to do PCT again, even if you haven't juiced in a year. You just got to go through it again. You know, sometimes this happens. You know, this stuff is so don't, you know, if you use steroids to just bulk up, you're going to get yourself really, um, nah, bro, you, you can just, you get, you can develop a situation where you might have high estrogen and low testosterone your third or fourth month in there, and you can't get your hands on anything to help you out. So no, get your body right. And all that time that you would have spent lifting weights, listen, you'll have plenty of time to lift weights when you're in, in prison. All that time you spent lifting weights, um, go learn how to box and go learn how to wrestle and go get cardio. So cardio is number one for fighting. Even if you don't know how to throw a punch, just have great cardio and you'll beat most people, you know? And, and just, just learn how to box, learn how to box, learn how to wrestle. I probably wouldn't be all in that wrestling. Uh, you'd want to learn how to box and throw hands. You only need about to learn about four or five punches, a jab, a cross, left hook, right uppercut. I mean, and if you wanted to learn some, uh, some kickboxing, you just need to learn like a low kick, maybe a front kick. I mean, you don't need to learn a lot of stuff, man, to, 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 to defend yourself. You need to learn maybe how to throw four good punches and learn how to throw maybe two good kicks. And that's it. And just become real familiar with fighting. Make sure that you spend all your last weeks going into, into jail. Spend them sparring, you know, with guys that know how to fight at the gym. Just get as many sparring sessions in as you possibly can. And, uh, and that's it. And when you go in, make sure you've done all the fiber you can do um, to get your colon right. Make sure your dental work is, is done and taken care of. Make sure you got your, all of your vaccines. Make sure you've... Uh, you know, you've taken testosterone boosters and are pretty, pretty uh, post-cycle therapy out of, uh, of steroids. Um, you know, just make sure you, you get your body right and your mind right. You know, make sure you're doing yoga. Make sure you get into meditation. Also, uh, if you're going to state prison, chances are you might know friends on the outside now that have cousins and, and family inside. Try to make some of those connections now. You know, make sure you make some of those connections now. You're going to learn pretty quickly when you go into prison. And I know this from watching documentaries, obviously, that you have to stick to your own race. 
Uh, so you, maybe you want to uh, find if friends of yours have, you know, family, cousins in there, get a little bit of rapport about them before you go in, you know, make sure you, you're, you know, make sure you, you, you don't go in there not knowing anybody, but you try to at least make a connection or two in there so that you at least have somebody to sit with. They ha- beforehand, they have to be your own race, just say why. Most right, prisons, right. yeah, that. Which, which one would you join, the Northern Mexicans or Southern Mexicans? <laughs> you, know, you know what, when it comes to that question, uh, when you get to prison, right, it, it's, I mean, unless you get from what I've heard, right, unless you get to like Rikers, right, then in Rikers, then there are like three sets of different Latino gangs and things like that. But in most prisons, it's just all Latin people one side, blacks on the other, and whites on the other side. No matter. Don't forget who, the others. No forget matter others. who you were claiming. Yeah, there's always others, but it doesn't matter who you were claiming. At least this is what I get. There's a good uh, a YouTube channel called, uh, I think it's called Fresh Out or something like that. It's called Fresh Out uh, with a big, big dude. And, and they, talk about all, they talk all about prison life. So, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, uh, learning how to fight is much better than looking bulky. You get all bulky on steroids and you don't practice how to fight, how to throw punches. You don't have good cardio and you get in there, you look big and you get beat up and then, uh, and then you start getting abused because you're a big dude, big steroid guy and you're getting beat up by smaller guys. And then, uh, your, your steroid, then your steroids run out and you have, you have no PCT meds, uh, your estrogen might spike, you have no anti-estrogens in there. It's just setting yourself up to have problems, in my opinion doing that i think you could just train natty and learn how to really really fight like fuck lifting weights bro fuck just looking big like you have to really learn how to fight you got to learn how to how to you know how to put the weight on the balls of your feet and how to move your feet and then let your hands move behind your body and put all your weight behind that shit and knock some motherfuckers out and, and, and uh, unless you can learn to put your weight behind your punches Lifting weights is fucking useless. Most guys that are big meatheads can't fight for shit. Okay? Most guys that are big old meatheads can't fight for shit. It's one of the reasons that kept me from becoming a big-ass meathead because I like sparring. And I don't want to get embarrassed when I'm rolling, when I'm doing a little tie boxing. I don't want to get embarrassed when I spar. So most meatheads are, just aren't good at fighting, and that's just what happens. You, you, get some, you get some freaks of nature, like some of these guys on, in Pride and... You know, so you get some genetic freaks that can juice, look like bodybuilders, and fight. But that's not the norm. You know, not everybody's Kevin Randall, man. And even, you know, he had an early demise. You know, these guys that look like bodybuilders and can fight, very rare. Very rare. It doesn't happen often. So what is the difference between northern Mexicans and southern Mexicans anyway, real quick? Um, it's all got to do with the cartels and the drug trade, I believe. Well, Northern, are you talking about, because you see, you talk about different things. North Mexicans gangs in Mexico, Mexican gangs like in Texas. No, like, like in California, like you watch our prison shows. You've got the groups, you got the, the blacks, the whites, you got the Northern Mexicans, and you got the Southern Mexicans. I have no real clue. The only thing I could think of just from watching a, a prison documentaries <laughs> and maybe knowing a person or two, it's uh, the cartel connections on the outside. You know, the cartels, um, they have guys that are in prison that they take care of. A lot of guys in prison are, are, are there serving time, keeping their mouth shut for, for bigger guys that are on the outside that are cartel connected. So usually you have uh, some Mexican gangs work with one cartel and other Mexican gangs work with a different cartel. And uh, that carries on in, into, uh, into jail, apparently. 
it's the only thing I can think of. And and why would they um north and south be a difference? Look, people like to like to section themselves off by cities, by by races, by whatever. So if we're all Mexican and we're all in Cali and we're all in you know, whatever LA, I mean, what else do we got to section ourselves off but being from north or south LA, right? I mean, if we're all Mexican, right, and we're all in the same city and we're all in the same state. So now what do we got? Well, North guys don't like the South guys. So that's probably all it is. And also cartel connections. I doubt, I doubt the two gangs in war are, are buying uh, their imports from the same, uh, from the same cartel connects. They usually, I just, uh, I just looked it up. It says, um, it says because the Northern Mexicans are more white and then the Southern Mexicans are more indigenous. That, that doesn't mean anything in, in California because you could have people that came from the north of Mexico that settle in the south of, of the city and then you have people from the south of Mexico that settle in the north of the city. And you're talking about gangs. If you're talking about in Mexico, then yeah, I mean, there's some cartels that are more from the northern part of the country, some cartels that are closer to the, to the southern part of the country. Yeah, it's a different story, buddy. Yeah. So yeah, if anyone knows that answer, feel free to come on the forum and uh, share it because I've always wondered that watching those shows. All right, guys. So the next question is how much test is too much test on a cycle? So it's a pretty, pretty simple cut and dry question. Um, I'll answer this. The most I've ever ran was 750 and I didn't really get much of a difference than 500. Actually, I didn't get any of a difference, Rick. Uh, when I ran 750 versus 500, it really seemed like the side effects were the only thing that was a difference so i really think 500 milligrams is plenty on a cycle i actually like to run my tests very very low or no tests at all with my uh cycles and um when i'm running a test only cycle maybe with a with a an oral 500 milligrams plenty four or 500 milligrams plenty you know i really don't think it's necessary to run 750 or a thousand like some people i really think that that started years ago because people were buying really, really bad quality underground uh, testosterone. So they'd run it and they feel like, yeah, I'm not getting anything on 400. I'm not getting anything on 500. I got to run 700. I got to run 800. I got to run 1,000 over a gram, a gram of steroids because I'm not getting any results. So that's what I really think that's from. Um, but I mean, I've never ran more than 750 a week, so I haven't really felt what that feels like, but I don't imagine it would feel very good. I would imagine you'd get very fatigued. I would imagine your estrogen issues would become out of control. I would imagine you would have to run a lot of aromatized inhibitors to balance that out. And then you'll run too much of an AI and crash your, your estrogen too low. So I just, I just think that anything more than 500 is too much test on a cycle. So but, um, you know, uh, I'm curious to hear what you think, Rick. What's the most you've ever run? What's your opinion on this? I've done a gram and a little bit over. There was a time on the forums that guys believed uh, you had to have a, a gram of testosterone as the base for every cycle. And then you would throw, you know, 400, 500 in of DECA and then your EQ and then you throw whatever, some oral kickstart. But, you know, you needed to have a, a gram of test per week as, as the start of your cycle. Um, I don't believe that, right? I think everybody should keep their total steroid intake to just a gram or less. If you're not making good results, just really good progress on a gram, then you've got to re-examine things. Either you're just a big dude, just a huge guy already, and you need more than that per week just to maintain those big, huge labs of muscle you got on, 
or do you just have some some real issues because you should be able to maintain a great great amount i mean you should look incredible not the musculature you can hold on to at a grammar week a grammar week a test um if you're taking the right anti-estrogens and taking the right anti-dht medications you'll be fine but at a gram you're going to have side effects begin to get out of control so at a gram you already want to be taking novadex just standard every day about 20 20 milligrams i'll probably take no matter what every single day of nova and then I would probably, on top of that, play around with the aromasin dose and see what, if I can dial that in so that I'm not a big water bag and, and I don't have other estrogen-related side effects. So definitely just the Nova already to block all that estrogen from attaching to the estrogen receptors under your nipples and the glands there. Novadex, boom, on the spot. And then just tweak, you know, tweak from 6 to 12 aromasin dosage to see where where you can get at with the estrogen if you could take a couple of estrogen tests during that time even better and then uh obviously you know finasteride make sure that uh dehydrotestosterone conversion doesn't get out of control and if you're if you've got all those drugs man you're gonna have some great results on testosterone i mean it'll build muscle it'll be it'll be great it's a great cycle just keep it from converting to estrogen and really high volumes and keep it from converting to the hydrotestosterone in really high volumes. And you'll have a, a great cycle, actually, especially if you can get good human grade testosterone, like good, you know, certified, bona fide human grade testosterone, a gram a week with Novadex aromasin dosage that you tweak around and uh, some finasteride. I think you're, uh, I think you're in for a really good cycle, some good growing. Yeah. For sure. It's not about how much you use. It's about, you know, the quality of the gear, I think. So, I mean, that's my opinion. All right, guys. So the next one is about Tutka. So Tutka is a really, really cool supplement. And a lot of guys don't really know about it. One of the things that Tutka does really, really well is it cleanses out your liver, cleanses out your kidneys, cleanses out your organs as a whole. It helps kind of push out all those toxins through your bile ducts out of your liver. So it kind of helps clear everything out, especially when you're using steroids because steroids, you know, are toxic in the body. So are a lot of things that you're eating. So are a lot of things that you're drinking, the water you drink, the food you eat. The drugs that you take, taking an aspirin, drinking alcohol, all the stuff. So the tutka in your body naturally pushes things out, helps you push things out. It's naturally found in the body, but when you add it, when you supplement it, you get even more of it. So it's kind of like opening up a pipe in your house where the sewage is leaving and then the clean water is coming in. And if you have a blockage where the sewage can't go out, that sewage is going to back up into the house and you're going to have a hell of a problem. So Tutka is a really, really awesome supplement. It's actually in N2Guard and um, it's one of the ingredients in N2Guard. So I'm going to bring in Rick. Rick, talk, tell me a little bit about, about Tutka and why it was added to n so uh, Tutka is one of these ingredients that's come along in the last decade or so and become real popular become commercially available, I should say, the last decade uh, for, in supplements and become really popular really quickly. Uh, Tutka just works uh, to, help, to help heal the liver, uh, the bile ducts. It does everything. It also helps uh, to lower liver enzymes. After one month of 
of using Tutka, you notice some some incredible results. And then three months of taking a Tutka every day is when you reach about the maximum effect. Uh, you can expect a significantly lower AST levels, ALT, GGT, all these uh, liver enzymes, they, all the, the levels get uh, into the favorable range. It also is known to help with cholesterol levels. It also has some uh, good effects, kidneys as well, but, but it's not what it is, what it is best at. It's really best for the liver and helping to heal the liver. So that's what it's mostly known for. But anybody taking oral steroids or SARMs in 2020, you should be taking Tutka. If you're not, then you're not doing your research. You, you don't know what you're doing. Because we all know by now just what, what an effect all of these steroids and these SARMs and even just injectable steroids can have on our liver. And we know Tutka is the go-to product. Now, you can just buy Tutka from any other company. They're Tutka-only products. It doesn't have to be mine's. But if you want the Tutka with the milk thistle, with several other ingredients there to help your liver, your kidneys, blood pressure, cholesterol, you know, everything, water retention, everything on cycle to help clear your androgen receptors so that the steroids work better, all this stuff, a full multivitamin and multimineral, all that, you need to use Entogard. Okay, so Entogard is that Turkey product plus multivitamin plus multimineral plus uh, liver cleanser with the kidneys with everything you need. So Entogard has the Turkey and, and other, other stuff. But yeah, you have to take Turkey. And if you're taking oral steroids, you should take Turkey every single day with it. And you're going to see great liver values. I mean, this is just not an opinion, guys. Uh, forums all over the internet, steroid forums, guys have been on there posting their test results, uh, their liver values from taking Tutka now for ages. For, for, I mean, it's been years now since the, since the stuff came out. The guys have been posting test results and, and how good their liver values look just taking Tutka. It's the reason why we added Tutka to Entugard and, and it just made the cut. It's, it's a great ingredient and, and everybody loves it. I think everybody should be taking it if you're taking steroids. Yeah, one note, I had an angry guy email me and he's like, he's like, I bought Entugard and just because it has Tutka in it, and I don't see Tutka in it. Have you ever gotten these types of emails, Rick? Oh, because, uh, yeah, the, the full name is uh, Taurorosodelic Colic Acid, and, and we spelled out Taurorosodelic I can't pronounce yeah. this thing, man. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll pronounce it here. I'll, I'll try to pronounce it. Tua Tagalovoa. No, it's a Taurorosodeoxic. Colic acid. So that's the full name, guys. So you're not going to see T U D C A capital letters in the formula on the label. You're going to see that entire long ass word on there. But the short version of it is Tutka. So um, when you look at it, you'll see it. It's it's on the second part of where you see the ingredients. So it, it is definitely in there, guys. So um, I have to point that out to people, and they feel kind of embarrassed when I point that out to them. But it's a it's a common mistake on a uh, guy's part to uh to think oh yeah i don't see took on the ingredients but that's that's the full name so it is definitely in there guys so yeah it's a, it's a must use on cycle off cycle staying alone whatever um just think about it guys think of your house you got the plumbing system going you got you know you, you go to the bathroom you flush the toilet the waste goes out and then fresh water comes back waste goes out fresh water comes back that's how our bodies work so you want to make sure that you're, you've got enough Tudka in your body to make sure it's flushing all the waste out and there's no blockage. Um, a lot of people out there 
have bile duct issues. And I actually knew a girl, Rick, who she had back pain. And she went to 10 different doctors. No one could figure it out. So finally, it took 10 different doctors. Finally, the 11th doctor she saw, he was like, he found, he diagnosed her properly. He said, you got a bile duct blockage. So she had to get the surgery done and everything. And then afterwards, a doctor put her on Tutka. So bottom line is, this is a real big issue. And a lot of people have this issue and it may not manifest itself in, in lower back pain like, like her situation, but for you, it can manifest itself in other things. It could be a compromised immune system. It could be you're not absorbing uh, nutrients good enough. It could be you're not sleeping well. It could be you have fatigue. You have no energy. There's so many different things in, in there, and it could be all because you have a, a bile duct blockage um, forming in your body. So taking the tutka and supplementing it, is the best thing you could do for yourself. Um, and really, I did some research on it recently because I, I wrote an article about Tutka, and I was kind of blown away at how uh, effective this stuff is. So any support supplement, guys, that doesn't have Tutka, it's not worth a damn. Um, the support supplement, it's, it's something for sure that you should be including in your cycle. If you're using steroids, you got to be out of your mind not to be taking this stuff. And uh, and Entugard has 44 total ingredients, like Rick was talking about. And it's got 250 milligrams per serving of Tukka, which is plenty to be using daily. And that's going to help your body tremendously. It's, you're just going to feel better taking this stuff. Like within days, you'll start feeling better. It's just a great ingredient to take. It's just a really good ingredient to add to your diet every day if you can. If you're on or off steroids, if you will don't take steroids. If you know someone who's been a drinker throughout their life, someone older, someone who wasn't watching their diet, it really is an ingredient that I think most of us should take on a daily basis. We all know that there is uh, tons of pollution out there, tons of contamination, everything from that fish we eat to the water to stuff that we breathe in, a bunch of chemicals and things that get put on our skin every single day just through going through life. You know, pick up your your car from the wash and they put a bunch of uh, chemicals on the dashboard. You're going to get that in your skin is going to make it into your body somehow and deliver the kidneys help filter out a lot of this crap and help you get rid of it. So you should be helping and, and supporting your liver and kidneys no matter what. And if you're taking steroids, then it's, it's a given. It's a must. That's why I said, if you're listening to this, doing some kind of oral cycle of either SARMs or steroids, and you're not taking Tutka. doesn't have to be my brand, guys. It doesn't have to be the Entugard. You can get something else. But if you're not taking the Tutka, at least really high amount of good quality milk thistle, minimum, then you're not doing your research. You're just going to be one of these guys that hurts themselves and tells everybody steroids suck and you really want to be taking care of yourself during cycle and not omit these products that you should be uh, taking every day. All right, guys, so we'd like to add in a relationship topic uh, to finish out the show because uh, it's something we all have to deal with. So this is a good question, and uh, this guy says that he lost his wife to cancer. Really, really sorry to hear this, bro. Um, he said he's trying to cope, and he wants to get himself out there again to start dating again. So first off, as I've gotten older, you know, I've, I've you know, made friends um, through my hobbies and neighbors and stuff, and it's really, really shocking how many uh, people I know whose wives have passed away. 
um, from cancer, specifically cancer. It's a really, really big epidemic. And, um, you know, it's really, really a bad situation to go through that because as a guy, you know, sometimes I can't imagine a situation where you're married to someone for 20, 30 years and then one day, poof, she's gone. And that person who was, um, you know, you sleep next to every night, the person you wake up next to, the person who, you know, does your laundry, the person who, um, you know, cooks for you every now and then, the person who, you know, is your best friend that you're talking to every day, that one day they're gone. So it's extremely devastating on all the guys I know. Um, you know, when you have tragedy in your life, it's not that simple to just say, you know what, just get over it because you don't. Even things that happened to you when you were one, two, three, four, five years old, those things travel with you the rest of your life. I mean, we know that. That's why you see kids that have been through, you know, in the foster care system, they have really, really tough time as adults um, in certain situations. Not all, but most do. I'm sure maybe someone listening to this been in that situation and they're, they're perfectly fine, whatever. But whether that's the case or not, we all gone through stuff. Maybe we grew up watching our parents fight. Maybe we grew up, we got abused when we were four years old. Maybe we got um, injured. Maybe we went through some type of trauma. You know, it all affects us later. So the simple thing, guys, is, is no, you never get over it. That's the thing. Um, if you start dating again, one of the things that you may notice is you want to compare the new person you're dating to your wife, to your ex-wife. And um, that's a mistake because women are very, very different. You haven't been dating in so long that you want to kind of like find someone that was like your wife. You want to kind of replace her. But sometimes it's better just to go a completely different direction and just date someone who's complete opposite of your wife instead of just trying to replace her um, in that situation. I would, you know, I was also, you know, you got to talk to someone on this. Uh, as men, we tend to just, you know, it's, it's considered a weakness to seek help. It's considered a weakness to, to be upset or to be depressed or any of this stuff when stuff like this happened. But it's actually the opposite. It's actually a weakness to not seek help. It's actually a weakness to not be depressed. It's actually a weakness to not be angry, you know, why did this have to happen to me type of situation. So that makes you just a strong person to, uh, to be like that. So don't be, don't be scared about that. It's very important. I, you know, in my situation, I can only compare it to a, a bad breakup. And for me, the best thing that I did when I had gone through a bad breakup is move. This way you're not always seeing the memories you're not seeing the memories of being in the same house you're not seeing the memories of going to your favorite restaurant driving by your favorite restaurant you're not seeing the memories of your favorite location you know you're not seeing the memories of having her friends you know um, email you or call you or be on your phone and stuff so that tends to help um, just to just to start a new life in another city if possible you know that if you're really really upset about it that could be a suggestion, but I'm going to bring in Rick on this. I'm sure he has a lot of advice. Because of where I'm at, I run into a lot of guys that are divorced or recently separated for whatever reason. Just kind of goes with the territory. A lot of guys who may be in good shape when they were younger, they'll want to hop back on the sauce and get back into the gym after their uh, first divorce. 
this guy's case, he, he lost his wife to, to cancer and it's gotta be pretty hard. It's gotta be pretty tough to, to see her go like that. when you don't, when you want to stay with her, uh, getting yourself out there, it's just gotta happen natural. You have to get out there, be social, get numbers, go on dates and just don't be too quick to get into a relationship. Things will, will develop on their own. They'll fit. You just have to get out there, be social, meet people, go out on dates, work on yourself, obviously, you know, work on yourself big time. And that's it. You have to maybe talk to a counselor, see, seek a professional. You have to make sure that you're over the relationship with your, with your ex-wife. I can't imagine, I actually said, I can only imagine what it would be like to lose someone in, a, in that situation because you're, if you lose your wife, um, like this dies, then you, you don't have any bad feelings or bad memories to really hold on to, to help you get over the relationship, which is something that helps a lot of people is to remember that they're better off not being with this person. So here you don't have a, you don't have a lot of the mental crutches that you could give yourself to get over a relationship because, you know, because it wasn't her intention to leave you. Correct. So, it, I can only imagine how hard it is. You have to just, first of all, you have to forgive yourself for moving on. And that's one thing that you're going to notice is going to come out in counseling. So that you need to not feel guilty for just moving on with your life and, and for really forgive yourself for just kind of moving on. And also you want to make sure that you don't let, like you wouldn't let a bad past relationship ruin any uh, new future relationships, right? You don't want to let this good relationship that, that ended abruptly get in the way of of a new relationship to grow so you need to make sure that you're over her that you're not going to be constantly uh t talking about her that you know her items and her stuff is is out of the house you have to really you have to really have moved on before you bring somebody else in don't try to bring somebody else in uh if you're not if you haven't moved on and you haven't fully healed because it's just going to make it's, it's going to maybe ruin a good chance and a good opportunity that you could have had with someone real special. You could have, you could ruin it because it's, you're not, it's not the right time. So make sure that you're ready before you go out there and start meeting people. So you don't, so you don't just waste some good opportunities when you weren't ready and um, yeah, get help. It's a, you'll hear that a lot on this podcast. Uh, I do believe that therapists can help a lot of people. If you're, if you're going in there wanting to be helped, you'll get the help you need for sure. Can you be specific? What type of help should he be seeking? Where can he find? There, there's specific grie grieving counselors. There's specific counselors for grieving. You know? How does he find them? Google it. It's easy as hell. You know, uh, grieving, grieving counselors or, you know, near my location, counselor, psychologist, or even near my location. It'll come up. I mean, look, look for, um, we talked about on the podcast, right? Put your, uh, put your divorce on steroids. Said, search for a divorce counselor. Now, that's a psychologist that helps you get divorced. Run, run back to that podcast. That's a good one. So yeah, just a grieving counselor. There, there, it's, a, it's a whole practice. Like it's a, it's, a whole, it's a thing. And you need to be over that person so you don't ruin chances for yourself in the future. And if you're not grieve, if you're still grieving, if you're still not over the relationship and somebody new comes into your life, just be honest, but say, hey, I still want to see you. I still want to hang out with you. But I'm kind of getting over this person that, that passed away. So they're not, it's not like they're around, um, but I'm, I'm still getting over it a little bit. 
So just have a little bit of patience. Think you're great though. I want to hang out with you. And I think it'll be fine. I don't, you know, I don't see that. Um, you know, if she's worth it, she'll understand. It's not like you're trying to get over somebody that's alive and you might get back with. See, some, I think most women would walk away from something like that. If you say, hey, I'm still not over this girl and she lives next town over, you know, but I still want to hang out, might not get anywhere. But if you say, look, she, she passed away, great lady, but she's gone, she died. Still not fully over it. Please, you know, let's hang out. Let's get to know each other and just give me a little bit of time. I don't, I don't see any reasonable woman rejecting that. Do you? All right, guys. That was some really good advice on the show. Appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we'll have another episode up next week for Steve Smee and Rick. Another episode of Lucianary Radio. Talk to you guys next week. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is your required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.